You say, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going by what I see. I go by what the Word of God says. There's more than just this physical realm. There's also a spiritual realm. I don't care what this looks like. I know what God's Word says. The doctors told me it would be a year before I would walk normal. I was being killed by a cancerous tumor. I was told my wife would not leave the hospital alive. My name is Teresa Hotelling, and I'm from Woodland Park, Colorado. I was told that I would never recover from Sjogren's syndrome, lupus, or thyroid disease. For years, I had tried everything, medical treatments, holistic treatments, even lots of prayer, speaking, and commanding, but nothing seemed to work. That's when I enrolled into Karis Bible College, and my focus shifted off of my symptoms and onto the finished work of Jesus. In just a matter of months, I received my complete healing after sitting under the word at Karis Bible College. And today, several years later, I am still walking in that complete healing, and I am not alone. I was walking normal within a matter of weeks, and today I am in full-time ministry. Today I am cancer free and I'm living life to the fullest. My wife's miraculous recovery shocked all the doctors. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Womack Ministries, we have all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions of people out there who need the same truth that set us free. Won't you please help us get that message to them? Please be a partner with this ministry today. Become a partner today. <laughs> you know, you may not know these people, but I know every one of these people that you just saw them give a testimony. And I tell you, Jesus changed their life because of our partners. If you've not yet joined with us and become a partner, I ask you to pray about it and join with us today. Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. God loves you. God wants to bless you and prosper you, but you have to respond in faith. I was able to take that, believing it, and move ahead and operate in giving, believing for a harvest and getting harvest every time. Once I did that, I made more money than ever. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing a series that I started a week ago, uh, last Monday, uh, teaching on financial stewardship. I tell you, this is really important the way that I phrase this. It's about stewardship. Steward means that you are managing the affairs, especially the financial affairs of another person. It's not taking ownership of money. It's not yours. Everything you've got is God's. And if it came from God, then why are we treating it as if it's ours and we, we just do what we want to? We need to follow God's leadership. So I spent an entire week dealing with the heart issues. Then yesterday I used Luke chapter 16 and in verse 10, Jesus was one speaking and he said, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And I was pointing out that this was talking about finances. Trusting God for financial prosperity is the least area of stewardship. You could say it's the least use of your faith. And if you can't do that which is least, then you aren't going to be able to do something that's greater. Trusting God for the healing of your body, trusting God to reveal His will to you, to 
touch your mate, to touch your children, to use you to bless other people. Those things are infinitely greater than trusting God for finances. But if you can't do that, which is least, if you can't trust God for finances, then you won't be able to do these other things. It directly affects everything else in your life, the way you deal with finances. And this is the reason that Jesus talked about finances so much. He talked about finances more than he talked about heaven or hell. It's an important issue. If you can't do that which is least, you can't do that which is greatest. And then in the next verse, it says, If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon. This is old King James English for talking about money. If you haven't been faithful with money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? You know, true riches, money isn't really being rich. There are people that are filthy, stinking, dirty, rich in this world, and yet they're poor. They don't have joy. They don't have peace. They have to take drugs to go to sleep. They have to take drugs to get them up so that they can do things. They're bitter. They're angry. They're poor. They're poor in the sight of God and in the sight of people who know God and have His set of values. I tell you, the world evaluates things wrong. This is talking about if you aren't faithful in dealing with money, then who will commit to you the true riches, such as healing? You know, I teach on healing a lot, and we've seen a lot of miracles. We just had a Healing is Here conference, and it was powerful. We had, I think, 19 people give testimonies of being raised from the dead, uh, come out of wheelchairs, healed of incurable diseases, healed of PTSD, manic depressive, uh, I don't know, split personalities, just all kinds of things. It was powerful. I see a lot of miracles. And did you know that money can't buy those things? Those things are infinitely greater. Those are the true riches. And we see a lot of that. And yet the average person would look at some of these people and think, well, they aren't rich. Man, they've had a miracle happen that all of the money in the world couldn't have bought those miracles. I'm telling you, God evaluates things differently than what we do. And Jesus here is saying that if you haven't been faithful, trusting God in this area of finances, then who's going to commit to your trust the true riches? And it goes on to say, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Again, this goes back to this deal of stewardship. If you can't take money and quit taking credit for all the money that you've got and responsibility that you are the one that has to provide for everything, and instead of you taking all of this weight upon you, you just make yourself available to God. As God, I'm your servant. Here I am. What do you want me to do? And you see Him as your source and you trust Him. You start giving and doing the things that He tells you to do. And when you do that, then He, when you become a faithful steward of what He's given you, then God will give you that which is your own. That's what He's saying right here. If you haven't been faithful as a steward, who is ever going to entrust you with something on your own? One of the reasons that many of you prosper, are not prospering is because you aren't really a steward. You aren't taking what you do have right now and you aren't stewarding it. You aren't responding to what God says. And because of it, He's not going to entrust you with more. 
you know, I've got 650 employees. I love all of my employees. I try and treat all of them good. I go around, I say hi to people. I try and be personable and stuff. I love them all. But there are some people that are good stewards. They are doing their job far and above beyond just doing it to me. They're doing it to the Lord. They're faithful. We just opened up our school, and during this pandemic thing, man, we've had to go through a lot of stuff. And I've talked to the people that run our school. I said, man, you and your teams, it is amazing what you've done. These people have gone above and beyond trying to deal with all of the health requirements and stuff, and they are just doing a great job. So anyway, my, my staff, I love all of them, but some of them steward what they've been given better than others. And when it comes time to promote, I'm not going to promote the person that takes a 10-minute break and turns it into a 20-minute break. I'm not going to promote the person who's lazy and doesn't get here on time, gets here five minutes late and leaves here five, 10 minutes early. I'm not going to promote the people. It's not that I'm against them. It's not that I don't love them, but I'm not going to entrust them with more if they haven't been faithful with what they were given to do. And that's what the Lord is saying right here. It's not that He hates anybody. God loves every one of you. God wants to bless every one of you. But are you being faithful with what He's given you? And specifically in this context, He's talking about money. Are you faithfully stewarding money? Are you doing what He told you to do with your money? You know, I've got people that work for me that write the checks, that pay the bills, that do things. It's not up to them to sit there and do what they want to do. I actually had a manager one time that wanted me to go off some radio stations, and he brought me a list of, I think, 40 radio stations that he wanted me to drop. And I, there was a couple of them that were never going to, uh, you know, produce much response. And so I agreed to a couple, but I said, I want to stay on the others. But he just didn't like my decision. And so you know what he did? He quit paying those radio stations. And after, I don't know what period of time, three or four months or something, they begin to start dropping me and I begin to start losing radio stations. And I, I went and said, what's happening? And he says, well, I quit paying these stations because we shouldn't be on them. Now, see, that's not a steward. It wasn't his decision to make. It was my decision to make. And yet he just decided that he'd do things his way. And you know what the results of that was? I fired the guy. I told him, I said, I love you. I'm not against you, but you are not working for me. It's like I'm working for you, and I fired the guy. I'm not against him. God's not against you, but if you are, if you are running your own life and God tells you to live a certain way and to give 10% and to give offerings, and you just sit there and make the decision, nope, I'm not going to do that. You aren't a steward, and you aren't faithful in that which is least. You aren't faithfully stewarding money, and why would God give you more? money so that you could misappropriate it and misuse it. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's not that He loves some people more than others. He can trust some people. That's a, that's a strong statement right there, but I can guarantee you there are some of you that God just can't trust you with more prosperity. It would destroy you. You would go out and you would use it for the wrong things. There's people watching this program right now that you've been praying and asking God for resources and you've been asking God for money. But if you would be honest, I believe that God is speaking to people through me right now. And if you would be honest, 
there are some of you that you know in your heart that right now you would go get more dope, you would go get more booze, or you would go blow it on something that isn't God's will. You would, you would just go indulge yourself. If the Lord gave you more money and stuff, it wouldn't help you. It would hurt you. It would just, you'd just dig a deeper hole. And you know that in your heart. I'm speaking to you in the name of the Lord that you need to start stewarding what you've got. And until you become faithful in that area, God's not going to entrust you with more. It's not that when you do this that you earn the blessing of God. That's not it. We get everything that we get by grace. It's not based on our works. It's not based on our goodness. But it's like, you know, a parent giving a, a gun to a two or three-year-old. That gun enables you to do things. You could go out and hunt. You could go feed yourself. You could do things. You could protect yourself. A weapon gives you increased power, but it also has some responsibility that goes with it. And if you give a gun to a child that hasn't been taught and doesn't, isn't responsible, somebody's going to wind up getting hurt or killed from that. And it's love that you don't give a gun to that child. You may love that child with all of your heart. They may be your favorite child, but you aren't going to give them something that's powerful if it's going to work out to their destruction. Likewise, God loves you. And it's not that you earn His goodness when you start tithing and giving and doing things like that, but it's that you start becoming responsible. You start trusting Him. You start using your faith to say, God, I need this, but I, this is your money, and I'm trusting you more than I'm trusting this piece of paper or this coin and I'm going to prove it. It's not just words. I'm going to prove it because I'm giving it away and I see you as my source and I'm standing on your promise that when I give, it'll be given back unto me. And see, when you start using your faith and becoming responsible like that, then God can trust you with more. You don't give a four-year-old the keys to your car and let them go drive a car. They're going to hurt themselves or somebody else. And it's not because you don't love them. It's because they haven't proven themselves responsible. You can't trust them with that. And they may have all the best intentions. They may be just a wonderful child, but you don't give that kind of power to a person that isn't able to handle it. And I'm telling you, if you haven't started tithing and giving and trusting God in this area of finances, if you only do it when it's convenient, and so you're deciding when you will do what God tells you to do with His money and when you won't, it's up to you. You aren't following His guidelines. You're doing it your way. You aren't responsible. And it's not that God doesn't love you, and it's not that if you start being responsible and if you give your tithes, well, then you've earned this from God. No, it's not that you've earned it. It's that you are now responsible. You, have, you are now trusting God, and you've developed your faith to a place that He can give you something powerful. Money is a powerful tool. It gives you power. It literally empowers you to do certain things. There's things that I can do now that I couldn't have done before. You know, right now we have a, a large cash flow in the United States alone, not including our 16 other offices worldwide, but in the United States alone, we have to have around $5 million a month just to pay our bills. We need more than that, but that is the minimum just in the U.S. And because I have this cash flow of $5 million a month. Did you know that there's things I can do now that back when our cash flow, like when I first moved to Colorado Springs in 1980, Jamie and I wrote out a covenant 
and prayed and sealed it and dated it January the 1st, 1980. And I, we were believing God for $700 a month. That paid my salary, allowed us to give $200 and allowed us to run the ministry for $700 a month. When my cash flow was $700 a month, did you know I couldn't do some of the things that I can now do? Man, we can reach out. We can bless people. We can do things that I wouldn't have even been able to dream of. It gives you power. Money enables you to do things, but if your heart isn't it right, then it just enables you to do the wrong thing. So these are powerful scriptures. The Lord is saying, trusting Him with finances is the least use of your faith. If you can't do that which is least, you can't do that which is greatest. And let me just make some statements here. I know that this is going to open up something that I'd, I'm going to have to go into tomorrow's broadcast to fully answer this. That's the reason I encourage you to get this. I'm giving it away. There's no reason that you shouldn't write in and request this. But did you know that there are people who are saying, oh, I believe I'm saved. I believe I'm forgiven. I believe if I was to die, I'll go to heaven. That has to be the most important thing. That has to be the greatest thing that you could ever use your faith for. And yet there's people that will stand there and they just know for certain that they're born again. But that same Bible that says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. That same Bible that gave you that promise, the same person, Jesus, said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. So the same God who said, you confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord and you're saved, the same God said, give, and it's given unto you. And you're saying, oh, I can trust this one, this promise about my eternal destiny, which is infinitely more important, but I can't trust that same God who said over here that if I give, it'll be given unto me. So you're saying, I can do this great thing that affects eternity, but I can't give off of this $10 because I need every penny of it. I believe that you're deceiving yourself. Or at the very least, here's the best case scenario. The Bible says, Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you haven't been taught the things that I'm teaching you about finances, then you may be at a deficit in faith in this area, and that might be the reason that you've been able to believe for your salvation because somebody preached the gospel to you and you heard the gospel and so you believe for salvation and you haven't heard the truth about finances. But if you hear the truth about both of these and if you come to understand that, man, God, it's not a suggestion, it's a command that you're supposed to give, Luke 6, 38. You give and it's given unto you. Once you understand this, that it's a, it's a command and not a suggestion, and if you understand that, then for you to say, oh, I'll trust this one, but I'm not going to trust that one. I'll trust my eternal salvation, but I will not trust Him in the area of finances. I believe you're deceiving yourself. The only way that I could understand a person trusting God for salvation and not trusting God for finances because you hadn't heard the truth on finances. But once you hear it and once you become accountable, you're deceiving yourself if you're thinking somehow or another you're believing God for something that affects eternity, but something that affects today, you can't trust Him for that. I believe you're deceiving yourself. And I know that there's a lot of people 
that think, man, you are being radical on this. You are being way too strong. None of that stuff's true. Do you know this is exactly what Jesus did over here in Mark chapter 10? Again, I'm not going to have time to go through this whole thing today, but I'll get started. But in Mark chapter 10 and in verse 17, it says, And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now get this. You know, it says in, um, I believe it's John chapter 9 or chapter 10, that the Pharisees had decided that if anybody acknowledged Jesus was the Christ, they would kick him out of the synagogue. And in the Jewish culture of that day, the synagogue was, you know, God's people. It was God's body and to be kicked out of it. They didn't have a, uh, you know, a Methodist synagogue and a Baptist synagogue. It was all one deal. And for you to be excluded from the synagogue, basically meant you were excluded from God. You were kicked out of the body of Christ is the way we would term it today. This was a serious thing. And so to be identified with Jesus was not a popular thing. You could be kicked out of the synagogue. This man came running to Jesus publicly, fell at his feet and said, good master. Did you know to most of us, we would say, oh boy, this guy is sincere. He could be kicked out of the synagogue. This guy is so committed and we would have just welcomed him in and accepted him. Jesus perceived that his heart wasn't right. I don't know exactly how, but you know, he's God. He was able to look past the exterior. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. And he knew that this man's heart wasn't right. Even though he was willing to come and publicly fall down and call Jesus a good master, he knew that he wasn't as committed as his actions revealed. There was some hypocrisy here. And so the Lord responded to him and he says, why are you calling me good? There's only one good and that's God. Another way of saying this is either call me God or quit calling me good. You're willing to worship me as a good master, but not as God. You haven't gone far enough. And we have people like this today that they are willing to associate with God to a degree, but they don't want to be committed to God. They are only committed to God when it's convenient. But man, when people begin to start persecuting you for being a Christian, they aren't going to stand. They, they look good on the outside, but Jesus said on the inside, they're full of dead men's bones. They're like the Pharisees that had this religious outward appearance, but it wasn't real. Jesus perceived it. And you know how he revealed that there was this evil in this man's heart, that he wasn't all that he chose to be? Look at what Jesus said unto him in verse 21. Then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever you have, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up thy cross and follow me. You know what Jesus did? Jesus said, If you can't be faithful in that which is least, you can't be faithful in that which is much. I'm going to reveal to you that you are not the person you're proclaiming to be, and I'm going to reveal it to you because of the, your attitude towards finances. This was a rich young ruler. He trusted in his money. Money gives you power. This man, when he went places, I'm sure people gave him the best seat. Uh, he had all kinds of things, honors that were bestowed upon him because he had money. He trusted in that money. And he didn't trust in God with all of his heart. And Jesus knew it. And so he revealed it by saying, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor.
And this really was not a recipe for poverty because after this man left, he said right down here, he says, there's nobody, not even this rich young ruler, that if you give up house, father, mother, brother, sister, lands for my sake, but what you will receive a hundredfold in this life. Jesus wasn't taking from this man. He didn't tell that man to do that because Jesus wanted his money. He told him to go give it to the poor. He was doing this to reveal to him that your heart isn't right. You say you're trusting me with all your heart, but I'll prove to you it's not true because you won't even take your finances and you won't trust me in this area of finances. And going back to the parable that I've been using, Luke chapter 16, if you can't trust him in that which is least money, you can't trust him in other things. And there are some of you wondering why things aren't working better. It's because you haven't even used your faith for that which is least. You aren't serving God faithfully in this area of finances. You are looking at that money as yours. You have taken ownership of it. You aren't a steward, you're an owner and you're choosing what to do. God says, give, and you say, no, I'm not giving. I can't trust you. I need every bit of this. I know that most of you wouldn't say it this openly, but I'm, what I'm saying is the way that you really feel. You may not have verbalized it this way, but you just don't trust God in the area of finances, and it's hindering you in all of these other areas. Ready to get more out of God's Word than ever before? We gladly announce the Andrew Womack Living Commentary. This continuously updated Living Commentary is now available exclusively as a download for both Mac and Windows at awmi.net. Andrew is offering his complete teaching on financial stewardship in your choice of either a book, CD album, or DVD album as his free gift to you today. Let me remind you once again that I'm giving this book to you as a gift, either the book or the CD set or the DVD set. Any one of these you can get absolutely free by just requesting it. We also have a DVD of testimonies of people that this teaching on prosperity has changed them and they're experiencing this. We have the book in Spanish. We also have study guides in English and in Spanish. And again, I just wanna emphasize how important it is for you to begin to start trusting God in this area. This is a key. If you can't do that which is least, you can't do that which is greatest. So please take advantage of this product. It will be a blessing to you. Go to awmi.net to order your free product today. This offer is limited to one free product per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a companion study guide for a gift of any amount when you contact us. Or you can get these valuable resources in the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the Financial Stewardship Book, Study Guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album, as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This DVD includes six testimonies of people that experience the freedom of turning their finances over to God. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. 
Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.